You are listening to the Apex Nutrition Podcast on Mountain Bike Radio. Welcome, Mountain Bike Radio listeners, and thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to another episode of the Apex Nutrition Podcast. But first, I'm excited to announce that we have a sponsor for this episode, and that sponsor is EC Pedals. It's spelled I-S-S-I. So rideec.com is a website. Again, that's rideissi.com. I know a lot of you have seen the company around and were unsure of how to pronounce it. And there you go. I'm excited for two reasons. First of all, it's always great to have a sponsor. Second of all, I've been riding the EC trail pedals for basically all winter and through the summer up to this point. And the reason it's cool, because I would recommend trying them out. So when they came to me and said, hey, you interested in doing some advertising, it was a no brainer for me. What else is cool is they're giving you guys a discount. So fifteen, you get 15% off of your purchase of any set of EC pedals from now until August 5th. You can go to rideec.com slash radio, or just go to the show notes and check it out. If you haven't checked out their pedals at all, just, I would say, go over to the website, dig through it. It's a really easy navigable website. There's a ton of colors. Most of the pedal options have eight different colors to choose from. So chances are good that you can find something that uh, goes with your bike or clashes with your bike if you want to go that way. But again, it's rideec.com slash radio, and you can print off a coupon for 15% off. That's a good deal. Otherwise, check it out in the show notes. Click on the link while you're listening, and it'll take you over there. So thank you to EC Pedals for sponsoring this episode. If you like what you hear and you appreciate EC Pedals kicking in to sponsor this episode, I encourage you to A, go over the site, B, drop an email. It's info at rideec.com and go check them out at Instagram on instagram.com slash rideec. Let's get to the episode of the Apex Nutrition Podcast. Kelly shares five things that you should make at home, and I think you're going to like it. Welcome back to the Apex Nutrition Podcast. I'm Ben, and with me is Kelly. Good morning. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing fantastic. It is yeah. light out. Is it light out by you yet? It's light out. It's, oh, it's cloudy, but it's light out. All right. Perfect. All right. <laughs> cool. So listeners, uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for coming back. This episode is going to be titled Five Things That You Should Make Yourself at Home yes. or Not If You Don't Have Time. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're to tease a little uh, thing here. At the end of this episode, we are going, or Kelly is going to give us uh, a recipe for homemade mayonnaise that contains five ingredients. And it's so easy and it's so good, and you're going to be excited. You're going to learn about emulsification. <laughs> yes, a little, little chemistry for us. I think it's emulsification. We discussed that beforehand. <laughs> I, it's not a term that you say on a regular basis. It's so. unless you're George W. Bush. Oh, really? Was that what it was? Well, you just make things up, right? You but, just, well, I didn't know if that I, was like broccoli where he, Bush, was, but... where he was <laughs> something about broccoli. Anyhow, whatever. All right. So five things. So before we do that, just a reminder, um, if you have any questions for Kelly, you can send her an email at kelly at apexnutritionllc.com. That's if you're an old listener... You know it's K E L L I. You do. Sorry, <laughs> but everyone. <laughs> but we do get new listeners constantly. Like I just uh, several it's a hard people. knock life, Ben. Yeah, I know. Several people. It's like I googled mountain bike podcast and I, f- I found you. So I'm. So yeah. So new listeners, K E L L I at apexnutritionllc.com. If you have anything for me, feel free to send me an email at ben at mountainbikeradio.com. And or Ben at emulsification.com. Yeah, emulsificationhacker.com, actually. <laughs> it's a new site I started. I'll emulsify anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you name it, I'll emulsify it. <laughs> uh, if you, uh, one thing I do want to say, I've been saying it quite often lately on episodes, but if you like what you hear and you appreciate it, uh, go over to mountainbikeradio.com slash support MBR. Two ways you can to support the show. Uh, you can become a member or if 
I know some people don't like to spend money. That's why they're listening to this. A lot of times they're getting free advice. Totally understand. I do the same thing. Me too. Yeah. And if that's you and you don't uh, want to get involved by getting a t-shirt, getting some fixed, uh, fix it sticks and some other stuff and discounts uh, like 15% off wolf tooth to what? 25% off custom plans with you. Yeah. 25% off custom plans and then 30% off download plans. I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, so you can get discounts from Kelly by becoming a member, but if that's not for you, uh, you can just shop through our Amazon affiliate link and, uh, we get a cut of it and it's free to you. So I yep. just click on that link and do your normal shopping and you're good to go. And uh, I will tell you that a lot of people who do buy my stuff generally tell me that one, you'll save a lot of time cause you won't have to go through and figure out about nutrition plans. Like it's, you know, it's organized and set up. Yeah. And two, you won't waste a bunch of money on supplements and things that you may not need. You'll waste money on things you do need, which is way better. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then you can use the links and support Mountain Bike Radio. Yes, exactly. There you go. <laughs> All right. So five things that uh, you make at home. Uh, is, one yeah. of them, is one of them yogurt? It's going to be a good okay, Talk perfect. about saving you money. You're going to save some money here today. Yeah, perfect. All right, listeners. This It'd is be cool because awesome. I, I finally took Kelly's advice. It's probably been six months now, actually. Um, start making my own yogurt. So I'm excited for that. All right. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. We're going to start with three that are super, that are pretty easy. Um, the first two being really easy. Like, like it's harder to go to the store and buy it than like to I can just teach make my, it yourself. I can teach my two and a half year old daughter. Oh, they would love making mayonnaise for <laughs> okay. one. Um, and then we're going to talk about two that are a little bit more difficult, but they, they, uh, have great dividends. And, I will preface this all by telling you why in the world you would want to make any of these. And we'll, I'll tell you specifically as we go what what we're trying to avoid in the store-bought ones um, for each different thing. Mm-hmm. But overall, you have an opportunity when you're cooking um, to, one, avoid the crap junk ingredients that are in most commercial products because they have to last for years on the shelf, right? Mm-hmm. It turns out the things that make them last for years on the shelf, unless it's salt that's preserving them, isn't necessarily so good for us. Um, the like other the thing, tortillas I just ate last night that were from, uh-huh. I bought them for, uh, uh, frozen events that by uh-huh. frozen 40 back in that race was on February 14th and I had some <laughs> left over it. Right. Technically it, they expired the end of March, but they were still good. So. Come on. What's going to go bad in a tortilla mm-hmm. with a bunch of lime or something, whatever yeah, they have, um, yeah. citric acid in there. Yeah. But, and not every, I'm not saying that not, that everything that you buy at the store is going to be bad. I'll give you examples of things I buy all the time. And even with all of these things, I generally do have a backup. I'll admit that because some weeks you just, you can't depend on that. I'm always going to get all of these made. Um, so, um, it's not that that's, that that's the issue. The, the thing is, is you can though, for the 90% of the time, let's say, avoid all that junk, but also you've got the opportunity to get in the stuff that's beneficial to you. So with all my plans and my nutrition philosophy, I'm trying to avoid the junk, but also we're looking at food as an opportunity to nourish our bodies. So it's not just about avoiding. Anyway, let's get started. Mm-hmm. Number one, and I have uh, beat this one up for a long time, oh, um, is I'm going to put them together, salad dressings and mayonnaise, but we'll start with salad dressings. Unless you want to spend $5 per little 8-ounce bottle, and these little 8-ounce bottles, <laughs> like the Annie's ones, are like the shape is weird to make it appear as if they're bigger, but yeah. they're not. <laughs> Unless you, and, and that's what it comes down to with most of these. You can find good things they're in the store. $6 and $7. Exactly. Yeah. You're going to pay for it. Um, the thing with dressing is even the ones that look good, Almost all of them have soybean oil in them, and it's such a bummer. And the reason that we want to avoid soybean oil is because it's a very, very concentrated source of omega-6s. And even though you've heard that omega-6s are an essential fatty acid that we need in our bodies, we need such a small amount, and they come in all kinds of different foods that we would naturally get anyway. So one of the biggest problems when you hear people talking about omega-3s, omega-6s, these different ones, are that omega-3s and omega-6s compete with each other in your body to determine how inflammatory overall your body is. If omega-6s are winning, which they are, and they always will, but it just depends on the the how much they're winning, the ratio. Um because there's not a lot of sources of omega-3s, not nearly. Omega-6s are basically in everything. But if we use soybean oil in our foods, we are basically like injecting ourselves with it. And, and soybean oil is a really cheap oil. So it's used across the board. When it comes to food manufacturing, 
generally you've got to realize that they are not on your side. They're trying to make money. And so they're going to generally use crappy ingredients and still charge you the same kind of. And soybean oil is a classic example. I think I'm just so, going to quit eating. Seriously. <laughs> it's a, it's when you start talking so. about this, like it, oh. um, it gets to the point where it scares you into, it scares you into making your own. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's what we're here for. So, Basically, you want something that's just a better oil. And and the reason also, um, and this will go into a lot of these, so we won't have to talk about this over and over. But when you isolate a um, a part of a food, so I'm not saying that all, even though I don't think that you should eat tons of soybeans. Um, I think that soybeans are part of, especially organic ones, non-GMO, can be a part of a healthy diet and are in certain cultures. But once you isolate things down to the oil, Think of it more like you're almost taking a supplement. Like you, you're isolating. There's one part of a food. There's no barrier. There's not that fiber that's in like an edamame, you know, a soybean. You are giving it direct access into your body. And so that's a bigger problem. So that's when you got to be pickier. You got to be super picky with oils. So the oil we're going to want in, in this case, a good one is olive oil, which is high omega nines. Now it has omega sixes in it too. Almost all vegetables do, but again, in an amount that's acceptable, not in like the super concentrated amount. So avocado oil, if you do want to spend a little bit of cash, is a great one. Or um, olive oil in both dressings and mayonnaise. Those so you are said, good. You said nine omega nine. Right, omega nines. Those are the monounsaturated fats, okay. like avocados, olive oil, all yep. the Mediterranean ones. Um, so yeah. So and three is from you get more three from fish. like fish, okay. and then the vegetarian forms are flax and um, oh, like hemp, hasm, yep, okay. and chia. Okay? okay, yep. All right, and even so, though flax seeds oil. See now, when you isolate it again, it's going to be high in omega sixes too. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just interesting that the, the, I guess the take home message of this part is once you have a food that's mostly an oil, which that's what dressings are, you're going to want to be very careful. Okay. You can and, find ones with olive oil at the store, but again, they're going to be pricey. In avocado, this is a separate issue, but the um, used for cooking wise is is different than what you would use for a dressing, right? So, for example, no, you like can the, use avocado. You can use for both, right? Because and that's a high. Cooking. That's what I was going to say. Avocado is a very high smoke point compared to exactly. Others. Yeah. So it's not going to become rancid or or cause pro- oxidize. Yeah. Um, when you cook with it, so that's why it's pretty versatile. It's really okay. nice. Whereas olive oil is best eaten. In cold form, okay, or slightly warmed if you were going to warm it, but like like a sauce, that's and, the best place for olive oil. And I haven't shopped for uh, avocado oil like online, like Amazon. I can't get that here without paying a ton of money, but right, um, just because of where I live. Mm-hmm. But um, I haven't shopped at Amazon, but Costco, right? So, do, have we talked about this before? Is my local Costco is Fargo, which is six hours, like six yes, hours away. Yeah. But it's worth it. But um, anyhow, so I found it. They have um, a big bottle of avocado oil, and I forgot what brand it is. It might be even Kirkland something or other. I don't know, yeah, it's, but um, it's reasonable. It, it's like, is it Now Foods? It's yeah, I get it too. The one that they have there. Yeah, it's a big glass bottle. It's probably I think it's like fifteen bucks or something. Here you go. It's Chosen Foods. It's on Amazon. Pack of two for thirty. So Sweet. you are. I'll link that yeah. in the show notes. There you yes, go, you people. Will. So if you, here's an example before we go on with that, here's an example. So I'm going to link this in the show notes. And if you're interested and you want to see, uh, you want to just try, you, maybe you've never tried avocado oil out and you want to, it's definitely good. Like I use it for a lot oh. of things, cooking, like it's super you, mild. Yeah. You don't, there's not a taste. And so right. it's just super versatile. And here's an example of how it works. You click on that link and then through the link that I post in the show notes and then you just shop normal and we get a little right. cut out of that. So anyhow, go ahead. Sorry. Right. So, so that's it with, with dressings, when you want to make them, you know, there's so many and you can, I'll, I'll send links to Ben to, um, for recipes in this one too. So I have a really great, um, like Asian dressing that I use on like everything. When I want to stir fry something, I have it handy. It's got, you know, ginger and garlic and it's delicious. Soy sauce. Now that's not the oil, that's the sauce. So that's different. Um, so I'll send that to you, but also online there's, you know, dressings are one of those things you can find everywhere. You're basically just looking that you can use olive oil and you're not going to use canola oil or any other vegetable oil. Oh, that'd be um, awesome. Just straight like regular uh, vegetable oil. <laughs> God, it would taste Straight out of, it, out of my it just childhood. just tastes bad. 80s and <laughs> you can get that on the cheap. Um, but basically the rule of thumb with dressings, when you want to make them is go light on the vinegar and heavy on the oil. <laughs> so if you were just going to make like, let's say you just had some greens, uh, 
a salad, you know, for, and you should be eating half a plate of salad at dinner. That's called light at night. We've talked about that before. Um, so we want some good fresh vegetables at our dinners. You would drizzle on the oil. Put, just barely skimp on the vinegar. You can use um, raw apple cider vinegar. You can basically, balsamic is really mild, you know, red wine. Just a little bit of vinegar, like let's say a third or less of what you did with the oil. Okay, so drizzle the oil, skimp on the vinegar, salt and pepper. Use two forks, mix that around, and you've got a decent um, a decent dressing right there. So if you don't want to go through. There's there's recipe, I even, that's a bonus recipe, freebie. There you go. Yeah, it's a, it, <laughs> The basic components of dressing are oil and vinegar. Right. And then you just need some salt. It's pretty easy. And some pepper. Yeah. And then you, you can, can always do like there. lemon juice. Yeah. You can, I mean, if you want to just go that way and just throw it in the salad to begin with, just sprinkle, you can throw in a little lemon juice, throw in a little garlic powder. Mm-hmm. You just play with like it's something that you just play with. But yeah, right. you'll, you have some different recipes in that. Uh, We'll but that's always the, the base. Yep. And yep. it's amazing how good vegetables taste with olive oil on them. Like when you start doing this mm-hmm. in salt and, um, yeah, then you'll it, be drowning in it. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not joking. <laughs> Get, like, yeah. Like that's, that, uh, is something that I end up doing. I have a little puddle of olive oil at the bottom sometimes. <laughs> that is my husband. Oh my gosh. A giant puddle. <laughs> and uh, that's why I can't afford Annie's dressing. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I don't do it with dressing as much. like the store, the would be the store-bought dressing as much. But if I do it myself with, I usually use balsamic vinegar, but if we're out, mm-hmm. then it's apple cider vinegar. Yummy, yummy. Okay. So that's dressing. And that's where I'm going to start. If you can just change that up in your diet, avoid those soybean oils, it's, we're, we're doing good. Do you have any other recipes besides the Asian one that you can share? Yeah, like, I have a that ton. Put the, yeah. Okay. We'll yeah, yeah. stick those in the show This has been a big notes. deal to me. Okay. And, you know, this is going to be, I could go on for like, we're trying to keep this to like five, but I could go on sauces, flavorings, all those things. So we'll do another one. Yeah. Do another one? Well, no, I mean another, oh, another show. show. We can do a couple, yep. a couple more. And that'd be a good opportunity if people listening have things they make and why they might make them. Because, um, you know, I, I love, for example, mayonnaise is new to me. I don't know why I didn't make that for my whole life. But um, so mayonnaise is the same reasons. It's almost always going to have soybean oil. Even the ones that say olive oil in them are first canola oil. Now, canola oil is a vegetable oil that it's it's close to being okay as far as how many omega-6s are in it. And the recipe I'll send, Ben, I actually list the grams of omega-6s and all these different oils that I want you to avoid. But it's still too high. It's just barely too high. And it's a bummer because otherwise canola oil might be okay. It's It's... You know, if you have to pick, if you ever had to use a vegetable oil like that, canola oil would be the most acceptable. But still, if you can avoid it, it's better. So mayonnaise, it's always going to be soybean oil or canola oil. If it calls, if it calls itself an olive oil, it means it has olive oil in it. Um, but it's not like all olive oil based. Um, and that's why I'm going to teach you how to make mayonnaise at the end. The other thing we've talked about this with the grocery shopping tips and hacks is you cannot believe a word that's on the front of a label. Just understand that if it's called olive oil mayonnaise, do not believe them. <laughs> Look at fronts of labels of food in the store and just look at them and point at it and say, you liar. And then turn it around and see how they're lying because they're almost always lying. Right. Okay. We don't. Yeah. Yeah. So can I can I interject with a little canola yes. information? It yes, was originally. It. I think it was originally produced like, uh, I don't know exactly years, but like World War II, I think, <laughs> as a lubricant. Mm-hmm. And then farmers became dependent on the income and they tried and then they found different ways to sell it. So it became a, a food item because right. it's not considered dangerous. Right. <laughs> so right. therefore it's good. But <laughs> anyhow, they, it's not necessarily that you're eating a lubricant. Yeah. You know, they've kind of uh, engineered it to be something that's usable right. and healthy, right. I guess, in certain aspects. Yeah. Um, it's but but just keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's got a different history than a lot of them. And North Dakota is a huge producer of canola. Well yeah, the that part of the country and then all of the not all of Canada, but Canada. Yep. That's like well, their national Well yeah. Canola oil stands for Canada oil low acid. Right. Right, right. There so, you go. There you go. Okay. Number two, totally different direction. Mm-hmm. Green tea. If you have gotten on like or or black tea, 
if you've gotten on the kick of drinking green or black tea or always have or whatever you do, but then you decide to save some time and buy it already made in the store, I think you should make it at home huh? from loose lease tea. Really? Loose tea. Like that's a normal. Oh, okay. Here's why. So obviously there's, you know, no fat, no calories, no carbs yeah. in your tea. Well, th- let's start there. If you're buying it already sweetened at the store. Then, then that's a bigger problem because it's probably sweetened with high fructose corn syrup or some sort of syrup. No, it says um, honey in the bottle. I'm fine. <laughs> this is honey. <laughs> this, is, this is better than I thought, but you're probably paying for it again. No, I know. Um, here's the deal. There, most of what you want, unless you're just totally thinking as this as like a replacement for water and you couldn't care less what else is in it, mm-hmm. then fine. But if you are drinking it because of those great antioxidants in it, antioxidants are like not living, but but they get degraded over time. And if they're in a store with lights, they're getting degraded. And so you are losing. Um, and I think I've, I've seen some studies where, you know, it's around 50% or you've lost a lot. And depending on how long it's set there in the store. Now, if it's in your fridge, then at least it's dark, you know, when it's closed. So that's a different story if you've made it at home and then you keep it in your fridge. But when I make it at home, I generally drink it within a couple of days anyway. So, so you, um, okay. yeah. Go ahead. You're going to... The other so thing you is, make it at home. You make it and then just let it sit in the fridge. So you, I'm gonna teach, you drink it I, cold. Yes, I, oh. I will teach you how to cold okay. brew green tea if you want me to right now. Okay, it's awesome. Oh my gosh! So, <laughs> um, I was well, only gonna I'll, do one recipe. You have, a, you have a post on that that I can link in the show notes. I do, but okay. I can tell you pretty quickly too. Mm-hmm. One fourth um, uh, a cup of loose leaf green tea in a glass jar. One half gallon of water. Um, it can be room temperature or it can be cold. Um, put that in the fridge for like four to 10 hours. Just let it brew. Uh, and that just depends on how strong you want it. But the great thing about this is, especially with green tea or white tea leaves that are more delicate, they become bitter if your temperature's too hot, if you leave it too long, if anything goes wrong. Like you need to be good at this if you want to do green tea with hot brewing. With cold brewing, it just doesn't really become bitter, even if I ask leave it in there for like two days. Whoops. So then um, you strain out the leaves and you've got delicious green tea. And that's like what I drink all day long. (laughs) So you can do it with black tea too. The other thing that's pretty cool that you can do is you can, it's called sun tea with, um, I've never done this with black tea, but with, um, I mean, I'm sorry, I've never done this with green tea, but with black tea that doesn't lose, isn't quite as delicate and doesn't lose all those things as quickly. You can put it in the sun in a glass bottle for like you know, a few hours and then bring it in. And just that slight heat will help it brew faster. Here's a tip. And I haven't done it for a while, so I think I'll do it now. Uh, Mint. Um, You can get it for pretty cheap at the store. Or Or you can grow it because that stuff grows like a weed. It is a weed. It (laughs) is. uh, Mojitos, tea. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It will grow in pretty much all conditions. It will take over your yard. Yeah. And actually what you need to do is if you're going to put it in your garden, just make sure you keep pulling it back and cutting it because you can cut it down to nothing and it'll keep growing. So just kind of a good container one so you can contain it. Yeah, actually it's a really good idea. It'll still pop up though. It'll reseed right. itself next to there. So just if you're into gardening and all that stuff, just beware. <laughs> and I don't think it matters what kind of mint because I've had experience with a couple different kinds and it does the same thing. So, but it's really good because you can just tear off a couple leaves or however much and throw it in that uh, as it's brewing and you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Cinnamon sticks too. Oh, cloves yeah. like a like with black tea delicious so uh, you're just going to get a better product and the other thing is you don't it's it's already pre-made at the store it might have come from just a powder so now you've got tea leaves that have been dried and then have gone through a whole other process where they've become into a powder and that's not just like breaking it down usually that's like a heated process mm-hmm. so you're just losing things um and then and then it's just reconstituted so it might not even be like brewed from leaves it depends you got to read different um and the mint is natural flavoring. The natural flavoring. And, and the honey is probably natural flavoring too. And then it's sweetened with whatever sugar or like high <laughs> exactly. fructose. It's exactly. so weird how, well, you have to have jobs along the process, right? And it have to make it transportable and last long. So that's right. why you break it all down and reconstitute it. And it's crazy. Right. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all the resources um, just to make tea. You know? Exa- oh my gosh. Well, and th- here's one more tip with this. If you can afford and do organic here, the reason being is a lot of our teas come from China and, um, and things, uh, there's not always the same standards in different 
countries when things are grown and what's put into them and what pesticides and not that our standards are so good here in the U.S. Um, but at least with organic, something has to be certified there. Then it has to be certified here too. You're getting, that's one great thing about the organic certification is you're getting some standards. Um, and when something's imported, that's a good idea. Is there a place just to buy like tea leaves online? I yeah, always go back to online. Just, okay. Really? <laughs> I can send you those links too, um, Ben. But another great source is if you've got a local like co-op, health food co-op, yeah, that's a great place you can buy have... them Right. That, I'm, and, I'm looking at from, sorry, listeners, I'm looking at from a perspective that I live up in uh, Williston, North Dakota, the uh, Western side of North Dakota at the moment. And, uh, so my first go-to is always online because some of the stuff, you know, if I go to the grocery store and start looking for tea leaves, it's just, they're going to send me to the Lipton. <laughs> right. Know? Exactly. Yeah. So. Yep. 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 It's funny. The different parts of the country. One time I was asked by someone like what were good ideas at a convenience store. I don't I think it was a road ride and um, like different place. I live in a pretty healthy place, right? Like at the Boulder Golden area. Yeah, your convenience store is the like Whole Foods Foods has like an outlet. (laughs) So I was like, well, just get this and this and this there, you know, kind of bars. And he's like, "Uh, our convenience store doesn't have kind of bars. It's like, what kind of pizza, what kind of slice was it? Pizza slice or whatever. Yeah. What about a hot dog on the rotisserie? Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway. So yeah, it's good. It's good to have all the different perspectives because um, everywhere is different. Right. Next one, we're going to talk a little bit about baked goods. Um, something as simple as a brownie mix in the store can be ridiculous. Turn that sucker over and look at those ingredients. Again, from that tips about grocery store shopping, the first place we look. First, we point at the front and say liar. Then we turn it around and we don't even care about the nutrition label. Don't. They can manipulate that. You by doing all sorts of things. So don't look at the nutrition facts. Look at the ingredients. And if you turn over most um, brownie mixes, you're going to find all kinds of crazy ingredients, including hydrogenated oils is one of the classic ones. If something has a fat included in it, like a lot of brownie mixes, but it's in powdered form, you got to start wondering what in the world is going on, right? Because you can't think of very many fats that are a powder unless something crazy has happened. And that's called... They've used hydrogenated oils, right? And dried it. So yeah, that's, and then it's also going to have high fructose corn syrup. And then it's going to also have, you know, white flour, which in baked good, I I get it. Like I use white flour at home, but you just never know what's all preserving that. Mm -hmm. So uh, the link that I'm going to give Ben for that one is my black bean brownies, actually. So we're not worrying about too much flour because we're using black beans. And as scary as that might sound, Ben, have you made these? No. Oh my gosh. I don't make a whole lot of that kind of stuff bake. like my okay. wife with the kids will make cookies but i just don't right. i don't bake and i'm not you know to be honest i'm not besides for the bread and things occasional things like this two things one i don't bake that much either because i'm not nearly precise enough to be a good baker i'm much better <laughs> cooking where i can fix it throw things in and change it up in the middle i'm horrible we are exactly the I, same in that aspect yeah every time i start to bake i'm like ding i doubled that but i didn't double this yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Right. And the problem is, too, is then you have to send it into your oven. And then 20 minutes later, you get to see what a failure you are and how you wasted all these great ingredients. Yeah, it's just too much time. And the, the, um, generally, the things that I'm getting out of it are probably not good. Right. Well, and the thing, too, is that baking, that can wreak havoc on your diet because most baked things aren't that great for you, right? right that's my point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is the exception. And, and the other thing is, we've talked about this. I don't try to go around healthifying like all these different desserts. But this one is more along the lines, I call it brownies, but you can think of it as a protein bar if mm. anyone wants to do it. And I, these are so good. Um, high in protein, great for like a meal for your kids. If you want to wake up and like give them a slab of this, it, my, I can't even keep a pan around for one day. Now, obviously I have like a shoe full, house full of kids. Yeah. <laughs> so that's typical. But still, like shoe. my kids, yeah, exactly. My my kids, like, they'll just eat all of these right when they're done. They're, they're that good. And they're discerning. They're always suspicious of me and my baking. So, okay. How many, ingredients, how many ingredients are in that? It's not a ton. It's probably less than 10. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, all Check right. Check the show notes, mountainbikeradio.com. Yes. And where you can, it'll be in the show notes for everything. So I have some questions from listeners sometimes. 
Um, a, can I sort out shows in the app? Yes. You type the name of the show in the search box at the top and it'll filter out every, so the Apex Nutrition, you can just type in Apex Nutrition. You could filter out all the shows there. And then on each show, there's a little show notes. It depends on what or what it looks like for each different device. But um, you can tap on the show notes and scroll through that. Click on the show notes while you're still listening. So go on there. You know, if you're listening on your tablet while you're, uh, I don't even know, sitting around at night, like, cooking. <laughs> um, That's what you are. <laughs> yeah. You can click on the show notes and continue. Just click through there as you're listening. So when we say check the show notes, it really do mean like just go over there and click on those links. All right. Four. All right. Number four. Now we're getting into the slightly harder ones. Um, yogurt. We'll go ahead and go there. Oh, yogurt. fantastic. Yes. This is right up Ben's alley now. There's a few reasons why I, um, I love making yogurt and I post about it and want other people to do it. One is because we are going to ferment our yogurt for like 24 hours. This is going to give all the healthy, great bacteria in there the opportunity to take over and multiply far beyond what would ever happen in a commercial yogurt. And mostly because they have things called like health standards, you know, because they have a health department worried about how long this milk product is left at about 100 to 110 degrees, which sounds scary, we know, but if you've listened to us before, fermented foods are different. They are their own thing. They are so good for us because the fermentation process, and we're going to talk about you know, even beer, the fermentation process changes whatever it's fermented into a much healthier thing than it was before. And it allows these healthy bacteria to grow. Now, these healthy bacteria are probiotics. They're the same. These are what set up shop in our small intestines and basically control the health of your body. They, they are that important and they are lacking in bodies so much that, you know, I've, I've worked with so many people over the years and it is amazing how many digestive problems are out there and how many problems people have that aren't obviously connected to digestion, but they are food allergies, other type of allergies. There's so much. One of the biggest changes in modern day people versus other generations that didn't have all these problems is the health of our guts and the things we eat that destroy the good bacteria in our guts and the things that we don't eat that help it proliferate. And so here is one of the best places. I've had clients who have had like lifetimes of stomach issues where when they've added this one thing, they, they've gotten better. It's been pretty, pretty awesome. So I get excited about it. The other thing is we're going to, so that's one, we are going to get the good stuff. You can control the type of milk you're using here. So if you like, if you are able to get good local milk, then you're going to get to use that, you know, whereas you wouldn't, if you just went to the store and bought your yogurt or you can use whole milk or you can use whatever. Um, now, as far as using non-dairy milks, that gets trickier. I've been successful with doing this one with a few milks. Um, soy, which again, soy I think has a, can have a place in the diet, but not, it shouldn't be like your main protein source in my opinion. Um, I've had, my kids have been among those who have had all these, um, different food allergies or intolerances when they were, were really young. So I was successful with soy, but not with a lot of the other milks. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the other things that we're avoiding is, I'm not sure if you've been down the yogurt aisle lately, but there's a huge variation or a huge spectrum of when yogurt. When did that happen? I don't know. How did our how did yogurt become an entire <laughs> like wall of my grocery store? Because when we with, were when we were kids, I remember there was different uh you'll play had your different options were plain yogurt or you'll play had just started coming out with the different strawberry. Yes. Like there strawberry. was like three flavors or something. I don't even right. know. I hated yogurt as a kid. <laughs> oh, I liked it. I like those. You? You'll play like the, uh, not trapez. Yeah. The trapezoidal with a really small top. So you couldn't get your spoon in there very well. <laughs> yes, exactly. And foil, uh, exactly. Lid. When I first had yo plate, cause my mom didn't buy us yo plate for some reason. She bought us all kinds of other junk food type things, but when I got to college and I tasted Yoplait, I couldn't believe how good it was because <laughs> it tastes like candy. It tastes like candy. And there's a mm -hmm. reason it tastes like candy. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotten better over the years because of consumer demand. They've made them take out high fructose corn syrup. Like who thought that they should put high fructose corn syrup in something like yogurt? When you, when you just... make your yogurt, you begin to like think of it as like this awesome life giving thing or yeah. something. It's amazing. Like you it's said amazing. though, it's amazing how big the, it, it's a con it's its own section. It is. Have you seen Tricks yogurt? I mean, yes. Those are colors. That's pretty old. They came out with that a long time yes. ago. Yeah. And they're still there. I can't believe those ones yeah. are still there. And, you know, of course, there's the healthier, not Gogurts, but um, I was going to say, know, I think Stony Filled does an organic. 
um, squeeze yogurt. And I get it. Yeah. One, you are going to pay a lot for those, obviously, for how much you get. But I get it. Kids, sometimes you just want your kids to eat something decent. So with yogurt, here's what you do if you have to buy it, if you want to buy it. One, you, you want to go organic in this one, if at all possible. Because dairy, anything from an animal, dairy or meats or anything, and I know it gets expensive. I totally get that. But with dairy, um, the, you want to have some control over the standards there. And organic is a good place to start because it can be all sorts of different things. And we're talking, that, that's a whole other episode, talking about feedlots and what all might be in milk that you don't either get organic, <clears throat> excuse me, or local um, in small farm type situations. So that's a good place to start. Number two is plain. You can't go too wrong if you're getting organic plain yogurt. Um, the only thing that's a huge difference to me between organic plain yogurt and the yogurt I make is how much better the one that I make tastes because organic plain yogurt can taste kind of sour um, especially if it's sat there for a long time. Mm -hmm. So um, that would be the big difference there. And then if you want to get flavors, just check out the labels. Um, one of the ones, it's called like Great God something, and I don't think this one's organic, but it's it's just supposed to be honey. It's like their honey Greek yogurt. Here's a huge bummer for this one. It has like two grams of protein. Somehow they have taken a Greek yogurt, which should have between 12 and 20 grams of protein per eight ounces. And there's only two grams in there, which yeah. tells me that it's like mostly honey. <laughs> yeah. It's weird because they, oh. you'd have to take out I don't even know how you, because generally, I mean, it's just concentrated milk, right? So you're right. You're, you've just strained it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know what happens there. All I know is <laughs> they it's filled it with a lot of stuff somewhere. Exactly. And it's almost like I need my entire degree just to decipher yogurt labels. <laughs> it's crazy. It's that crazy. And when I go through, you know, if I'm in a hurry and I just grab one because I know I'm not going to make yogurt that week, I, I can't, I, I have to stick with the only brand that I always grab or something because it can be so different. You can get home and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is in my yogurt. Where's all the protein? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's that crazy. So, so. I so are you going to tell them how to do it or are we linking that in the show notes? I'm going to, okay, this I is what I want to do. I think we should link that one. That one might be beyond a podcast. Okay. And, and it's not that it's so many ingredients. It's a few ingredients and it's not that hard once you get it, but it's, it is a few steps when you first start. I, I want to tell people, I'm going to tell people recipe off the top of my head because this is how easy it is. And yes. I, it took me probably a year and a half before I said, okay, you know what? I should try this. And here's what I do. I go to the store, I buy what really works well is Stonyfield. They make a container, a big container. It's like $5, $5.50, $6 or something like that. Um, so I go there and then I get some milk, uh, whole milk. I don't really worry about the calories as much because a lot of no. times, like, I just don't eat more. <laughs> like, I eat less. Yeah. We're not even going to go there. Yeah. We so don't I get go milk, there, but I get, I use whole too for this. And just whatever milk I can get, honestly, it's I, like, whatever. Um, and you go home, you throw the whole gallon of milk in a big pan, a big pot, heat it up to, I think it's 185 degrees for yes. 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, stick it in the refrigerator, let it cool down to 110, 100, right around 110. Right. And I'll take, tell you here, Ben, if you don't stick it in the refrigerator, it takes about two hours on your stove top. Right. Like, exactly. No heat so, to get down. Yep. So like I, I do that so I can get it done quicker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I can get it down to temperature quicker. At that point, it doesn't matter. So you get right. it done 110 ish degrees and take out about, get us, get yourself a separate bowl, take out, get yourself a measure. I'm not really good at talking about recipes online. That's weird. It's um, hard. That's yeah. why. Yeah. So take a, a cup measure, uh, get a measuring cup, one cup, scoop out one cup of the milk that you've been that that's in this big pot at 110 degrees scoop it in a separate bowl and then you take a, one cup of that yogurt that you purchased you purchase that because it's going to be your starting culture mm -hmm. take one cup of that stick it in that bowl take go get yourself a whisk and whisk that mixture together really well so it becomes like a slurry milk yogurt type of slurry right, it'll just slightly thicken a little bit yeah exactly and then you dump that into the big pot with all the rest of the milk mix that really well and then do your best to keep it somewhere between 100 and 110 degrees for 24 hours in your stove. Why I say that is because a lot of stoves don't do under 160 degrees. Right. If you do have one that's, I think, I think there is some good ones Mine that goes do like down 110. To 110. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so you would just turn your stove on for 110 for that long. But what I do is 
I'm around. It's, it's easiest to do this if you're going to be around all day. So like a weekend day or something like that. Um, so just every, I don't know, hour or so, every couple hours, I'll just turn the oven on and let it heat up to like 150 or something. That way it keeps a constant temperature in that, in that thing. You can also, what you can do is wrap blankets around it. Um, Mm -hmm. I, Make sure you don't heat the oven up. It's to like, scary, yeah. huh? Like if you yeah, later, yeah. like let's cook dinner. It, well, <laughs> and what I've done sometimes is I turn it on to warm it up, and I left it on, so I'm like, oh shit, it's at two fifty or something. Yes. So I feel like, but no worries because that big vat, that big pot of uh, yogurt, it the temperature variance is not. It very doesn't heat big. up as yeah. much as you'd think in the middle. Right. The and other then, thing. Is, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just do that for. 24 hours if it's going to be 22 hours don't freak out if it's going to be 25 right. it's it's very it's this is not baking it's, it's not an exact science yes and once you do it once you don't like it's not like you're watching the clock or no. you know once you do it once you kind of get it down yes. a couple other things that people do is they'll wrap it in a um blanket and then if you have a sunny window you can put it in a sunny window. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then another one on the recipe that I give you I think I detail how to use a crock pot to do it there too. And basically you turn your crock pot onto low. And then when um, Ben talked about after whisking, you know, having it in your big pot, you Mm -hmm. would then put that into your crock pot, turn off your crock pot and let it go. Um, My sister, and I've never, I haven't had as much luck with that, but my sister-in-law, that's how she does it like every other day. She makes it constantly too. And she does a crock pot, which is nice because it frees up your oven and it's pretty, um, it, it, it works well too. Yep. So, and when you go, so then you, when you get done with it and you're after 24 hours, you put it, what I do is straining wise is totally up to you. Mm-hmm. I get a, a strainer with a big bowl because there's going to be some way that comes out the liquid that comes out of it. Uh, you want a bowl underneath that strainer. I use a kitchen towel, like just a, a nice clean kitchen towel yeah, and, are they called? You know, there's old. I don't know if they're old or not, but it's like the kitchen towels my grandma's always had around, mm-hmm. and they're like they're they're you know Walmart wherever. Um, they're all white and they're they're kind of like very thin. Yeah, I think they call them like flower towels or oh, really? okay. there's a name for them that they they work amazingly as strainer like as cheesecloth or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, I just use that's exactly the type of dish towel I have. Not like a terry cloth towel because no, you'll get a little that, piece of terry cloth. Well, here's this a tip. Like, here's a tip though, if and I haven't tried it with terry cloth, but you know, I know it gets to the point that I want it when it just separates right off the towel. Okay, yeah, like yeah, it's right. Kinda, it's pretty off the thick. Towel. It's pretty like thick. In a big it doesn't stuff. stick. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so these thin, thin towels—they don't have any sort of like piling on top of them. They're they're just thin. Yeah. Um, and you get like a three pack for like I don't know, very cheap. So yeah. that's but you can use cheesecloth. Anything you use, you would use to filter off a liquid. Um, from, you know, like if you make I've stock used paper or towels anything. before. Yeah, that's kind of pricey. Yeah. yeah. Well, and if you accidentally get some paper towel, your kids complain there's yeah. paper in their yogurt. And it's just so much liquid that it just becomes a big moppy mess, I would right. assume. Right. But um, there are options but, here. But straining wise, what you'll find is it's very personal. Like it, <laughs> it, I mean, if you wait an hour, it Passionate. comes out to be, yeah, it, it's really, it's just something you're going to have to do a few times to, to figure out exactly what you want. I will tell you that I love it strained so much. I, I pictured myself like in some awesome European countryside because, <laughs> you know, that's like where yogurt, that, that, that's where it was a big deal, right? Yeah, and right. then people make their yogurt and it's thick like this. And it's, um, I, mine is so thick that you can literally hold your spoon upside down and right. it's and on that, the spoon. Oh, I love it so much. Same here. So happy. <laughs> the, the big issue. So here's the big issue that I have with your yogurt. In oh, doing it this way, it is, I eat it all right away. <laughs> it's gone. Like you yeah. have to, it's almost like a healthy ice cream to me. It's so like, I have to limit myself constantly. I only get this much each day. Otherwise <laughs> I'm just blowing through it and any cost savings. I mean, really, if you look at it, a gallon of milk and that starter yogurt, once you've started it, you already have your own yogurt. So you're just going to save like a, a half a cup or a cup, depending on how much you're going to make off of the yogurt you've made. So there's right. no further purchase of yogurt. Right. But you start, it, it's easy to eat enough to eat your money savings away. 
Right. But it's like a whole meal to me. Like this plus yes. some lemon curd and some nuts on top. That is lunch because yep. this is a calorie bomb. I'm just going to say it there. It's, it can be a total calorie bomb. So you just so have a little bit. All right. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I, I, my point awesome was job. with that is that um, it, it's pretty easy to learn. It's, it might be a little intimidating at first because you've been so used to it over the course of your life. You just buy yogurt from the store. There you go. There right. you go. Five. There you go. It's more intimidating than it is hard. So once in the step by step directions, hopefully help. I get that's one of the ones that I get emails from all the time that people did make it successfully and are like, I can't believe I, you know, I would have never, it would have never even crossed my mind that you could make yogurt at home. And it, the other thing I like about it is it's kind of like old school and just kind of opens your eyes to how much we are dependent on commercial things, which is fine. But it's nice to have like open your mind to that. Yeah, some things to make you it feel like an old home. farm wife. I love it, even though I live in city. Yeah, I'm ready to make some butter and some. I, next thing I'm going to do is mozzarella cheese. I want to learn how to make that stuff. Hmm. So, okay. The last thing I'm going to talk about before giving the mayonnaise recipe is bread. Um, you know, you know, and there's all kinds of different people listening that think different things about grains and breads and that sort of thing. Um, I'm on the. Uh, my whole philosophy is mostly I am a low grain eater. Or a low, um, you know, I, I eat kind of moderately lower carbs than a lot of people. Um, but with breads, I, I don't think that bread should be like the like the food guide pyramid where it's like the base of your whole diet. I don't believe that. But at the same time, if you tolerate the different grains, then I think that it can be a part of your diet. And I think that that's, that's okay, especially if you're meeting your weight goals and that sort of thing. So I kind of lean towards paleo eating in a lot of things, mostly just that things are simple and that they're, you know, very vegetable based that you use lean proteins, but I'm not so far that I would never eat bread, especially the amazing fermented sourdough bread that I make myself. So again, one reason why I love um, making bread is you're going to avoid a whole, if you've ever looked at the ingredients list on breads that you buy at the store. Again, your mind will be blown as you Keep see. Keep it like, under thirty is a goal oh, with store bought bread. Yeah, you'll see like like the whole side label is just a list of the yeah. ingredients, and you're just going, "Oh my gosh, why?" Um, you know, and a way to get around this is to one when you're looking for breads, I usually want to see at least two grams of fiber, if not three, if it's not sourdough. If we're talking about a whole grain bread, um, per slice, so two or more grams of fiber. I want to see no high fructose corn syrup. I want to see no soybean oils. Um, and I want to see a pretty minimalist, you know, you, really, what do you need? You need flour, you need yeast, um, you need some water and you need some salt. That's how we're going to make it at home anyway. So beyond that, you're just thinking, what in the world? Why, why is all this stuff in here? <laughs> so that, but that's literally all it takes. Um, to be fair, a lot of those ingredients are vitamins. Well, and vitamins too. Right. They, they are add the, back different uh, vitamins and different Right. Things, so the so. flour is enriched. And the reason yeah. is, is, um, but a lot of times I noticed they list some yeah, of those like, vitamins. So it, to be sure, fair, like niacin, some of those. Right. Yeah. So, so if you can think of those, it's usually in parentheses because it's part of the flour. So you can count that as just one. But even so, if your most breads are going to have a billion on. And the whole thing is, is they um, fortify most all of our flowers in America with B vitamins. And that's a lot to do with um, the march of dimes and wanting women to get more folate. So there's less spina bifida, which is that disease that kids can be born with with their spine outside their back if um, there's not enough folate at the time of conception. Yeah. So there's another fun fact for that's everyone. But that it's a big deal and, and, and just having enough folate in your diet so cereals and flours and breads are fortified with it. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, it doesn't take much. It, the, the other reason why I started making this is my children would come home from school like ravished and they love toast. And um, so I was like, well, you know, if we're going to eat toast, I'm, maybe I could make it better. So I started reading and I was really intimidated because like I said, I'm not much of a baker. I'm much better cook than I am baker because I I'm just not careful enough. Um, so I got this book called Artisan in Five or The New Artisan in Five. And it's basically a way to make bread and it doesn't take you more than five minutes a day to do this. And what I found in it is that you can actually get a, a sourdough starter going and make sourdough. My, my sourdough is over an uh, over entire year old now, my starter that's still in there. <laughs> and if you're lazy like me, the best part about this is to make the sourdough, you just don't ever wash your container. It's crazy. My sourdough has been growing that long. So um, it, I won't go through this, but it is super easy. It takes those four ingredients, like I said. It takes um, water. It takes salt and yeast. 
and then it takes flour and that's it. And you just mix it. You don't have, literally, I put these in a can, this canister that I haven't washed for over a year. I mix it around. I let it rise on the, um, in the canister, I let it rise on my countertop for two hours and then I put it in the fridge and then I just have to use it within 14 days or so. I take like a grapefruit size ball out put it on the countertop while I heat up the stove and then I cook it for 30 minutes and that's it. And we have bread every day and your house smells wonderful mm. and you have this bread that has four ingredients in it. And then when I'm done, like when I'm done with how much I had in the canister and there's just the bits at the bottom, I don't wash it. And then I do the same thing. I add the four ingredients, let it rise. And so that, that bacteria is constantly in there. And here's the other cool thing that you'll like, Ben, is when I strain off my yogurt on the days that I make yogurt, I mm-hmm. use that instead of water. So I'm introducing that. Okay. So, bread. okay, perfect. Because I was, uh, I hadn't it's gone awesome to, to the, use that step. yeah, I hadn't gone to the step of, I always kept saying there's gotta be something I can do with this, but I just never took the next step of actually using it. Right. And so, people use it in smoothies and stuff, but I've got to tell you the texture of it. Cause it's kind of like this weird. thick water mm-hmm. freaks me out. I can't just put that in my smoothie. It's like a watery egg white. Exactly. And yeah. that's enough to freak me out. Yeah. So, but in bread, you can't tell. Now you're introducing a whole other strain of, so the thing with bread too, and I'll just get this out of the way and then we'll wrap up with a mayo real quick. Cause this has gone longer. Um, the thing with fermentation with bread is, so what happens is that bacteria are now eating the flour. They eat away at so much. And so they're fermenting that flour and growing the bacteria that most sourdoughs are thought to be gluten-free. Now you'd have to get your own tested. So I'm not going to say hundred percent. I'm sure that mine's gluten-free, um, but that's generally why they're much easier for people to tolerate. And even people who are gluten intolerant can generally eat a sourdough and they change the, so they, so they change the protein because the gluten's the protein in the flour, but they also change the carb in the flour to where even white flour doesn't impact blood sugars the way white flour should. That's low glycemic, which is crazy. pretty crazy. So in this case, you don't get healthy bacteria in your bread when you eat it because once you cook it, bacteria don't survive above 110 degrees very well. So they will all die during the cooking. You cook it at 410 degrees or 450 degrees. Um, but the benefit that they've given you isn't that they're going to enter into your body. It's that they have changed the, um, the flour, the carb and the protein in the flour. So that's the benefit they give. Um, so I'm going to buy So I talked about in last episode, the kombucha Bible, I think it is. There's two. So I haven't purchased a book in quite a while, actually, uh, like an actual paperback or hardcover. Actually, I think that one is, but, uh, so kombucha, I think it's kombucha, but I'm going to link these both in there, but, um, Arzen and five. Right. And that, there's two versions. There's a new one. You there's said? an old one. It, it's like a cult following this book and it came out in the late seventies oh, okay. and then it got redone like in the last five or eight years. Okay. Uh, it, it's pretty awesome. But the whole reason I, cause this is just the one recipe, but the whole reason there's artisan. So if you wanted to, you could probably find this basic recipe online, artisan and five bread. But the reason there's a whole book is then they teach you how to make all kinds of different things out of well, this and, basic recipe. Right. And that's why I'm interested. And I yeah. think listeners, you're probably would yep. get it's a great book. It. And you know, it's kind of one of those things where they've like changed my life. So I would rather buy their book than, right. than get it off online all the time. Right. Exactly. Okay. okay. So let me um, give the mayo. How do you make recipe. mayo at home? Yes. Oh, this is so great. You're going to love, I mean, that's, it, it tastes, and it, once you have mayo, you can do, I mean, we're not just talking sandwiches, right? You can make um, aioli sauces for your chicken. You can do all kinds of great things. So, um, do you have a special Miracle Whip flavoring that you put in it afterward? No, ah, no flavoring. Dang. Actually, I make this great ginger aioli for, um, for nut encrusted chicken. I think I have that recipe online somewhere. So I will link to that as well. I've got your work kids- to do. Do your kids cook with you yet? They bake. So my oldest, who's eight, he'll mm-hmm. bake and tie. Like he'll do our cookies okay. throughout the summer while he's home. My other ones, it's just a matter that they're. Uh, it's too busy at mm-hmm. dinner time for my okay. home. So generally, not so much with dinner. Okay. But I think during the summer, that was one of the things I'm going to start doing. It's just it tests your patience so. Oh, it much. tests my. Oh. Well, the, that's the cool thing is when he's eight. Besides for the baking part, he can do it all. Yeah, so him and, and that's his brother, and they're just fighting in there, and I don't even care. <laughs> Well, that's what I was wondering when you say like the, your, what I envision is you making the, mixing up like the, that aioli and them like flipping the 
chicken in the pan kind of thing. No. You know what I mean? The, like to, the amount they do for things like this is I let them push the buttons on the blender or the food processor. <laughs> okay. And At they, what age what age do you think they start actually will start cooking with you? So oh. I keep wondering that. Like I, I just yeah. my daughter's two and my, a half and right. she I think my seven and eight year old can definitely cook with me this summer. My younger one, she's four. Mm-hmm. She's more interested, so she can um they can bake. I they can't okay. right. So they can mix things what you need is someone, at least one of them, to understand fractions. So that's okay. a good learning experience because he ha- he literally learned fractions before he did in school because he started making cookies for me. Yeah, like so half, everyone, they know half, half full cup, half one cup, cup and half cup. Yep. Well, and I make them double them because there's so many of us. And so uh, then he had to like learn how to double fractions. Well, don't awesome. you have to like quadruple them for you? Anyhow. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, Basically. Okay. So we are going to need, I'm going to list the ingredients first. Like I said, podcast recipes are interesting. We need one and one fourth cup olive oil or avocado oil. Okay. And I need one of the cups to be separate from the one fourth of a cup. Okay. So separate those one and one fourth cup olive oil. We need one egg, one half teaspoon mustard powder, or one teaspoon of actual made mustard, one half teaspoon salt, and one half to one lemon juiced. Okay. So get your lemon juice ready. One half teaspoon. Do you want any any uh, peel or rind or anything or just yeah. juice? Okay. Just juice. Okay. So I'll say it one more time. One and one fourth cup olive oil, one egg, one half teaspoon mustard powder, one half teaspoon salt, and one half to one lemon juiced. All right. We are going to put that. So then you get your food processor or your blender. People whisk this too, but it works amazing in a food processor. So if you've got either of those or even one of those hand, those stick blenders mm. and a bowl. Okay. That's what we're going for here. We're going to place the egg one fourth cup olive oil, the mustard powder, and the salt in the in the bowl of the um, blender of the food processor. You're gonna spin that for a few minutes to just mix it thoroughly. Okay. Then with the cap on, you know, and most of them they have a hole at the top where you can pour things in. Yeah. So you set the food processor on, so it's just going on its own, and you slowly drizzle in that remaining cup of olive oil, and it will emulsify. That's it. You just keep going until it's like must, like a mayonnaise thick. Then once you've done that, you can add the lemon juice to taste and then just stir that with a spoon to incorporate it. That's it. Hmm. How long does that last? Oh, uh, refrigerator. I mean, it's so, you know, I think that it would probably last for two weeks. That's generally a standard for things like this. But um, you, so you have like a cup of mayonnaise and yeah, give it two weeks. I've had mine in there for two weeks now. And I haven't seen any issues. Okay. Generally, <laughs> you just make what you're going to use anyway, though. Yeah. Or, you know, like yeah. during that week or something. Right. Yeah. You'll probably eat this up if there's a couple of you eating it. But it's, I mean, this will taste so much different than your other mustard. I mean, mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. And now you've controlled all those things that we worried about. Now, instead of worrying about it, we have olive oil, eggs, mustard, salt, and lemon. That's pretty awesome to me and when you cheap. compare that. And cheap. When you compare that to mayonnaise. Because oh, I man. think there is one paleo, um, mayonnaise out there that uses avocado oil and no other thing but can you even imagine how much <laughs> that costs? Yeah, it's like know. eight dollars for a for 20 like a ounce bottle yeah. <laughs> right so this one um with all your cost savings you can go buy fuel right race light and uh there you go yeah exactly there you go <laughs> all right i think we should wrap this one up cool all right, listeners, if you have any questions, just a reminder, you can send them to me at ben at mountainbikeradio.com or Kelly at Apex Nutrition LLC. That's K-E-L-L-I at Apex Nutrition LLC.com. You can find her on Twitter at Fuel Right mm-hmm. or on Facebook as Apex Nutrition LLC. And just a reminder, you can find Mountain Bike Radio on all your just whatever device you use, go to the app store, it's type everywhere. in. Yeah, it's everywhere. Just um, say it out loud and they'll come. It's everywhere. Uh, <laughs> seriously, it's everywhere. Um, you might not find it on a few platforms. There's a, there's a lot of, before we go, there's a lot of new, constantly, every day there is a new one. Websites that kind of pull together all these, like podcast.com and all these different websites that basically take your feed and then promote it as their own on their own network or their own like uh, directory, I guess you would say. So I have to email, like once every couple of weeks, I have to email one of these and say, hey, you're doing this basically without my permission. It's illegal. But other than that, you'll find it a lot of different places. So if you, if 
If not, and you're having a problem with the app or a, a different website or mountainbikeradio.com or something like that, just send me an email. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all over the place. So thank you for listening. I really appreciate it every time. Thank you. Um, all the information. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode. What are we going to talk about for the next episode? I think we were going to talk about um, raw cocoa chocolate milk. Oh, to make, yeah. And that's another okay. easy one. And then kind of the research behind it um, and, and just recovery in okay. general. Perfect. So there you go. So listen in next time. So thank you again. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. See ya. And thank you to EC Pedals for sponsoring this episode. Just a reminder, listeners, you can get 15% off your order of any set of EC Pedals. Go to rideec.com slash radio. Print off your coupon. Take it to your dealer. Get yourself some pedals at a deal. Thank you for listening to the Apex Nutrition Podcast on Mountain Bike Radio.